Ave Maria. My name is Father Isaac Mary Rallier, and I'm here to conduct the Lenten mission. And a mission is a special grace that God gives to the community here and to each individual. It's a special grace, and it's a rare grace today, because very few churches, parishes, have a mission anymore. And those that have them, most of them are nonsense. It's like a circus. But you are blessed, and for some reason God has called me here to give you a mission, a traditional mission. So once again, a mission is such a special time of grace. And we must be open to receive God's graces. There's a basic rule in spiritual theology that you can only receive what you're disposed to receive. So if you're not disposed, if your heart is hard, you're not going to receive anything. But God has many blessings. A mission is a time for God's mercy. And this is so important because God is mercy himself. Jesus Christ was mercy incarnate. And what is mercy? It goes beyond love. Mercy is to love those who don't deserve to be loved anymore. Mercy is to love those that crucify you. But God continues to love us, and that is true mercy. No matter how much we sin, no matter how much He's always reaching out to us, calling us back to Him. So the mission is about God's mercy. He's come here to reconcile sinners. And he speaks through his priest. But let us not ever separate God's mercy from his justice. And that is done all today. We hear about all this nonsense. Love, love, love. But you know, love can never be separated from the truth. True charity is never separated from the truth. So we must hear the fullness of the truth. And Jesus Christ said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And the truth will set you free. You people are blessed here because you have two good priests. And I know they've been telling you the truth. And so hopefully, and I know you're disposed. So come to the mission. Open up your hearts. Because no matter how many times you hear the truth, no matter how simple it is, it will touch your heart. And it will transform your life. The mission I like to compare to is spring training. Right now, we're in, coming into spring, and all the great baseball teams are preparing in spring camp. It doesn't matter if you're the greatest hitter in the league, the greatest fielder. You still have to go to spring camp. You still have to go through the fundamental drills. You have to have ground balls hit to you. You have to practice these plays, no matter how good you are. Because if you don't, you're not going to win. And the faith is even more important. That we constantly got to go over these eternal truths. Why did God create us? To know Him, to love Him, to serve Him in this world, and to be happy with Him forever in the next. We can meditate on that for the rest of our life. If we keep our end before us, the Scriptures tell us we will not sin. And so in this mission, we will go over the fundamental truths of Holy Mother Church. Okay, and this is so, so important. 
The mission is a time for each and every one of us, myself included, to examine our conscience, to examine our relationship with Christ and His Church. How many things we take for granted. We take much for granted. Just waking up in the morning, able to walk, to talk. You can't breathe without Christ giving you those graces. But how many of us take advantage and we just, you know, we forget about these things. So the mission is a time. Examine your conscience. God is calling you to holiness. Jesus Christ was serious when he said, be holy as your Father in heaven is holy. You think he was joking? He wasn't joking. And God doesn't give us commands like that without giving us the graces to make it possible. Okay? God wants each and every one of you to be saints. St. Teresa of Avila tells us it only takes one Holy Communion to make a saint. One Holy Communion. So how come we don't have saints in our church? And if there's one thing lacking today in Holy Mother Church, it's saints that are willing to be crucified with Christ and offer themselves as an oblation, sacrifice. And she tells us why. Number one, we don't prepare for the sacrifice. And number two, we don't do thanksgiving. Sometimes you come to even traditional parishes. People are running out of here. They're carrying God, Jesus Christ, in their body. Physically, body, soul, and divinity. You are a tabernacle. Just like the Blessed Virgin when she conceived Christ in her womb. Do we realize this? St. Louis de Montfort tells us, if we pray the rosary, we will become saints. How come we don't have saints, he said? Because we don't pray with devotion. We pray it too fast. And most important, he says, we don't meditate on the mysteries. So come to the mission. God, the Holy Spirit, will convict you of your sins. And we all are sinners. We all are sinners. The Holy Spirit will convict you. God is calling each and every one. He wants you to give your all. And you know what it is, and He will convict you. You're procrastinating. Tomorrow I'll become a saint. No, our Lord wants it today. Tomorrow may never come, He says. Grace is right here. Holiness is in the moment. The mission is a matter of life and death. And I mean that in the literal sense. Eternal life. Eternal death. This mission can mean your eternal salvation. This may be the last grace that God's going to give you to cleanse your soul. Maybe the last time. Maybe I gave a retreat not to a couple of years ago, and they told me the year before there was a young a woman who came to retreat. She did the retreat, and on her way home. She was getting off the expressway, and a car was coming down the other way. Hit her head on. She died instantly. Did she know that that would be her last retreat? This may be your last mission to get straight with God. Don't, do not let it go by. Take advantage of it. The mission is a wake-up call. It's to shake you out of your slumber. Because we don't give enough to God. He wants everything. He's a jealous God. He wants to consume you. He's concerned about every minute detail in your life. He knows every hair on your head. He loves you. He died for you. He wants you forever. 
Our first obligation in, this, in our life is to save our own souls before anything else. Once again, this is the most important thing. And this is why the mission's here. Why do we need a mission? Just look at the world around us. This world is such a decadent world. This world is on its way to hell. And that's a fact. Our country is a disgrace. And God is sending his wrath upon us every day in this country. God will not bless a country that kills innocent babies in their mother's womb. He will not bless us. Those babies that are murdered in their mother's womb cry out for vengeance. And he's sending his vengeance upon us. God does not bless a country that promotes unnatural vices, homosexuality, and so forth. Every, you study history, and every civilization that embraced these unnatural vices, homosexuality, lesbianism, and so forth, they were wiped out. The Greeks, the Romans. We're next. We are next. The tsunami was a chastisement from God. Do you hear me? I get sick of hearing this nonsense that it wasn't. It was a chastisement from God. Why? Because that's a decadent playground, Indonesia over there, where they take these rich perverts, go over there, and they take these young little girls and boys and turn them into prostitutes, three, four years old. God leveled that place. And their religion is Islam. Islam, my friend, is from hell. Do you hear me? How dare anybody blaspheme our Lord and tell you that we have the same God as Islam? That is nonsense. That is heresy. It says in the Quran that the Holy Trinity is an abomination and that anyone who worships the Holy Trinity will burn in hell for eternity. And you're going to tell me that that's off the same God? But God is scourging us. Hillary Belloc was a prophet. He told us that the biggest mistake the church made was they did not, we did not annihilate Islam. He says they will rise up one day and scourge Christendom again. My friends, this is going on. In Europe, because the Catholic Christendom has contracepted themselves out of existence, the Muslims are taking over. The last couple of years in France, there have been so many riots. They've been, they won, at one point, there was 300 towns on fire. I was in Rome when that was going on. And they didn't want to tell us, but then it comes out that it was militant black Muslims, third generation French citizens that were doing this. They will take over Europe. And they will scourge us. They will scourge us. Because our people are boarding. Last year, Planned Parenthood, that demonic organization from hell, was responsible for 225,000 murders. And the Muslims are having babies, not for God's sake, but for jihad. We're going to pay. And some people tell me, Father, it sounds like you want to lead the crusade. I said, you got that right. I said, you know what the problem is? There's no men left in our church. They're all emasculated. They don't lead their families. They got no courage. So I'll lead it, but there'll be nobody behind me. I hope some of you guys would be there. 
Because it's going to come down when they come to our towns and they rape and pillage. It's a religion from hell. But God will allow it to bring us down to our knees. We didn't listen to the Blessed Virgin at Fatima when she said to consecrate Russia to our Immaculate Heart in union with the Pope, in union with the Bishop. She warned us if we don't do that, if the Pope didn't do that, Russia will spread our errors. Whole nations will be annihilated. She said, but in the end, she's basically telling us, you dummies are not going to listen. But in the end, the Pope will consecrate Russia. My Immaculate Heart will triumph. Russia will be converted. And there will be a reign of peace. We have to pray for that. And I'm sorry to tell you, it's coming. Look at this world. Look at Korea. Look at China, Russia. There's no conversion in Russia. Russia hasn't been converted. It's a joke. So we're in this world today. We need a mission desperately. And what's even more scary, what gets me more outraged than the world, is the church. Holy Mother Church is in ruins. It's, 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 it's unbelievable. We are living the total apostasy that's one of the signs, and I'll speak about it in the mission, before the coming of Jesus Christ. We have heresy coming out of the Vatican. When you have cardinals preaching that the Jews don't need to be baptized for self, to save their soul, that is heresy. And this nonsense of false ecumenism, it just makes me nauseous. The only real ecumenism there is, is when you tell these people to get on their knees, repent, be baptized in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, and enter the one holy Catholic apostolic church, which there is no salvation outside of. The great Saint Francis of Assisi. His desire was to die for Christ and his gospel. He went to the Saracen. And they, they, they dragged him in front of the Saracen and they told him they wanted him to convert to apostasy. He laughed at them. He said, you must be baptized. You must enter the church to save your soul. So the Saracen offered him monies, riches. He said, I don't want that. That's nothing. All I want is Christ. He offered him all the women he wants. He laughed at them. And then he challenged. There was a big bonfire. And he told the Saracen, see your priest over there? Let them and myself walk through the fire. Whoever comes out unharmed has the true God. And you know what his, their priest did? They headed, they took off because they know they have the false God. And so we need a renewal in the church today. A big renewal. And it starts with us as an individual. But you know, those people that are here, you people are so blessed that you're in this church that you worship God in the Mass the way He truly deserves to be worshipped, the way it is pleasing to Him, the way He has revealed to us, the Mass that we have had for 1,500 years. Do you appreciate that? One of the problems with many traditionalists is they get so comfortable because they have the truth. They have good priests. I call some of those people nesters. they got their little nest. And that's all they care about. They say, I'm going to save my soul because I have good teachings and this. No way. God wants you to be concerned with the whole church. God is not happy. He wants you to pray so that every Jew, every Muslim, every Buddhist, every Protestant, all 70-something thousand denominations they have now, they keep on breaking off. 
Even the orthodox, till they're converted. So they can know Jesus and receive Him. If you don't eat my flesh, drink my blood, you will not have eternal life. God wants us to offer ourselves like He said. He said today, what did He say? He said, Brethren, be you followers of God as most dear children, and walk in love as Christ also had loved us, and had delivered Himself up for us, an oblation and a sacrifice to God. He wants you to offer yourself up for souls. Our Lady of Fatima told us most souls go to hell because nobody is willing to pray and do penance for them. Why should Satan get any soul? I don't care how wicked they are. Our Lord shed his blood on the cross. We've been paid for by the price, the blood of Jesus Christ. We have to love our enemies. We don't agree with them, but we have to pray them into the church. See, this is so important. That's why God wants this mission. He wants you to be a voice crying out in the wilderness. Repent. Make way. The Lord is coming. And He is coming. One of the signs, again, is natural chastisement. Look, of New Orleans was another natural chastisement from God. He leveled that place. Why? Another decadent city that promotes unnatural vices. But the worst sin of New Orleans was what? Voodoo. They have shops down there in the French Quarter, numerous ones, and you could walk in and have a curse put on anyone you want. And that is the greatest sin against the first commandment. Thou shalt not have false gods before me. So God leveled that place. God punishes us so that we will repent. So he wants to use you. He wants you to sanctify yourself, become holy with his grace, cooperating with him and his church, so that you will go out and you will be a witness. And number one, a witness by your actions. A good friend of mine recently told me she, she was taking her daughter to some classes after school for a while. And this lady come up to her. She was going there a month already, two months. And this lady came up to her, all covered up. She was a Muslim. And she said, can I talk to you? So my friend said, yes. And she said, what religion are you? And she said, I'm a Roman Catholic. She goes, what? You're a Roman Catholic? I'm shocked. She goes, why are you shocked? She goes, because I've been watching you for two months. What is that you read all the time? And she's a third order Franciscan. So she says, I'm reading the office. What's the office? The Bible, the Psalms. She goes, I can't believe this. She goes, I got to talk more to you. She goes, can my daughter play with your daughter? Because I can't let my daughter play with anyone because they have no morals. And the whole purpose is, my friend said she never even noticed this woman. And she wasn't like a Pharisee, you know, standing, make, bringing attention to her. She was doing, she's living her faith out. Are you living your faith out? Are people drawn to you like she was drawn to this lady? That's what it takes. And when you're filled with God's love, and when you're filled with his true spirit and the spirit of truth, people will be drawn to you. And you will convert them, number one, by your actions. So this is what it's about. So who is the mission for? Some people will say, well, Father, what are you here for? We're traditionalists. We know the truth. You, you should go to all the Novus Ordo churches. You know what I say to those people? You need the mission more than anyone because you're self-righteous and you're, you're a prideful peacock. And you know what? You need the mission more than those people. And let me tell you something. You know more than them. 
And therefore God will judge you much more severely on the judgment day. Because he gave you more, therefore he will demand more. And you should be a hundred times more charitable than these other people who don't have the fullness of the truth. Examine your conscience. But the mission is for everyone. The mission is for souls that are holy. And if you think you're holy, that's the first sign that you're not. Alright? And there's people here that think they're holy. Everywhere. Let's face it. Okay? If you think you're holy, first sign you're not. The mission is for sinners. And that's good news because our Lord said, once again, I didn't come for the righteous. I came for sinners. Okay? So the mission's for everyone. And I encourage you to go home and invite everyone to the mission. Bring, bring whoever you could. I don't care. Invite drug addicts, prostitutes. Invite Protestants, Jews, everyone. God wants to convert these people. And even someone, your own mother, your father, who's been away from the church, your brother, your sister, your husband, your wife. I tell the people all, this all the time. I've been doing missions for a long time. And I said, don't nag them. Just invite them. Even if you did it a hundred times, just pray to Our Lady. Because this mission, I want to tell you, is consecrated to the Mother of God. Okay? Invite these people, and you'll be surprised. Every mission people come out, they say, you know, Father, I took your advice. It was hard. I didn't think it was going to happen. And I was amazed. My husband came. He made a general confession after 25 years. The last mission I did, the priest called me up two months later. He says, Father, I've been a priest 15 years. I've never heard confessions like this in my life since you left. He goes, you know how many people continue to come in here and are converted from the mission? The mission is special grace and it converts miracles that's the greatest miracle conversion it's unbelievable what happens so invite these people the next thing is what is the topic for the mission and the topic is I chose was the four last things why did I choose the four last things because I'm so smart and I know no I'm a dummy alright I chose these topics from day one because I know that all the great saints, all my favorite saints, St. Alphonse Liguori, St. Anthony Mary Claret, okay, St. Leonard of Port Maurice, St. Louis de Moffat, St. Francis himself, and on and on, St. Bernardine of Siena, St. John Capistrano, I could go through a whole list of these great saints. They all preached on the four last things. One of my favorite saints, St. Vincent Farrow, was dying. He was a Dominican. And in his cell, other friars witnessed there was a light so bright that they couldn't even look at it. They were blinded. And our Lord appeared to St. Vincent. He was dying. He was around 40 years old. And he told him, I have a special mission for you. He goes, you will go preach on the four last things and nothing else. And if you do not do that, I will end the world. And, and St. Dominic was on one side and St. Francis was on the other side. And he accepted that mission and he converted thousands and thousands of people. And so I choose these topics because in the end, this is all that matters. We all experience freedom, guarantee. So the first one is death. That's the one guarantee we have in life. Well, they say, too, you have to pay taxes and you die. Okay? And there's no doubt about it. Since the, the sin of Adam and Eve, original sin, one of the punishment, was that man must die. You are a man, therefore you will die. That is guaranteed. But the only thing that's uncertain is the time of our death. 
And so the first conference will be on death. Why? So that you'll be prepared to die every day, every second. How many people take, they think they're going to live on forever, they have their whole life planned. How many people abuse God's mercy and say, oh, my deathbed, Father, I'll convert. Well, really, St. Paul says God will not be mocked. So I'm going to preach on death and I'm going to tell you many, many true stories. How many people God takes suddenly, says in the scripture, as fish are taken with hooks, so a sin is taken in their sin. Be prepared. Our Lord says, I come like a thief in the night. You don't know when he's going to come. Better be ready. And the times that we're living in now, you better really be ready. Okay, the next topic will be the judgment. There's two judgment, a particular judgment and a general judgment. A particular judgment because man is an individual, therefore he must be judged as an individual for all his deeds that he's done and left undone. Sins of omission, you never hear that anymore. Okay? And then I will preach on the general judgment, which is very important because there's so many heresies today, so many pseudo-mystics out there giving us heresies about this. And so you want to know the judgment. What's going to happen when your soul separates from your body? Jesus Christ comes in his glory and judges you right there. There is no appeal to a higher court, to a higher judge. He's the supreme judge. And the verdict is irrevocable. It can't be overturned. And it's forever. Then the next day, we speak on hell. People tremble. They don't want to deal, talk about hell. Hell is real. Okay? And some people say, you scared the hell out of us, Father. Well, that's the purpose of it. So you don't go there. Okay? And the world is denied. The devil could get you, number one, to deny his existence. Then he gets you to deny hell. So then you don't have to fear him. Okay? So important. And then the last talk, to me, is the best one. My favorite is heaven. You know, St. Paul says, eye has not seen, ear has not heard. What good things God has prepared for those who love him. And when we keep heaven before our eyes, it helps us to endure all the sufferings, trials, and tribulations that we have to go through on this earth. And my main objective for this mission is to get each and every one of you in the confession. This is so, so important. And it's, I can't stress it. That is more souls are saved in that confessional, St. John Vianney said, than anywhere else, from the Pope and anywhere. More souls are saved in the confessional. And this is so important. How many people here have conf- made bad confessions? How many people have withheld sins in the confessional? How many of you? Believe me, there are souls here, and I could say this with 100% certitude, that have concealed sins intentionally in the confessional. You are in mortal sin, and you have committed sacrilege. And if you've gone to communion after that, everyone is sacrilege. And I'm here to help you so that you could get in that confessional. Because so many people on the missions, traditional parish everywhere, they come in and say, Father, I've been in bondage 35 years. I've been committing sacrilege every day. But I can't confess to Father Gordon, Father Wolf, because of human respect. Well, you never see this face again, so get in there, and, and I'm going to help you, okay? So many people make bad confessions where they would t- where 
they keep on committing the same sins. And unfortunately, many priests haven't been trained properly in the confessional. And the confessional door becomes a revolving door where you commit the same mortal sin and you just keep on going to confession. You know what St. Alphonse Liguori says? After the third time, all absolutions are invalid. And that's why you're in bondage. What happens if you go make that confession and commit another sacrilege and the priest is committing one too if he gives you absolution and he shouldn't. And then you go outside and you get hit by a truck or lightning. You're going to hell. What happens if you think you commit this sin again? Well, don't worry. Father Wolf is always in the confessional before Mass. Maybe he won't be. Maybe you won't get here. So I will help you if you're in that situation, I'm telling you. So don't get scared because, Father, they say, well, you know, you preach so strong. Well, you know, John Vianney said you have to be a lion in the pulpit and a lamb in the confessional. And I follow that. You know, the truth sets you free. You know, when the priests preach... He's a minister of God. I'm sent. I have the authority from God, his church. And the Holy Spirit goes out. He convicts you of your sin. If you have a wound in your side and it's infected, you're not taking care of it. And I come and poke you. You're going to jump. It's going to be painful. Well, when I preach, if you're in sin, it's going to be painful. But God's convicting you because he wants to set you free. St. Augustine says that... When a, a wolf comes, he don't want the sheep to cry out for help. So what does he do? He grabs the sheep by the neck to silence her so that he could drag that sheep away and devour it. St. Augustine goes on to say, well, the devil does that with the sheep of Christ. Okay, he leads you into sin. And then he grabs you by the throat so that you will be silent and you won't confess your sin. So that he could drag you to hell and torture you for eternity. Don't let him do that to you. God is merciful, my friends. I don't care how wicked your sin is. There's no sin. He paid the price on the cross. And if you think, don't, don't let the devil torture you because that's what he does. St. Augustine says, the devil, before you sin, he tells you, God is merciful. Don't worry about it. He forgives everyone. But he goes on to tell us, once you sin. Then he throws God's justice in your face and tells you he won't forgive you. That's too wicked of a sin. Don't let him play that game with you. You humble yourself. You get on your knees and God will set you free. And that's the truth. Don't give in to human respect. Okay? And so St. Alphonse tells us that a good confessor... And once, one more thing about confession. Today, our Lord's talking about confession, what happens in the gospel. Here it is. He says, when the unclean spirit is gone out of a man, he walketh through places without water, seeking rest and not finding, he said it. I will return to my house whence I came out. And when he is come, he findeth it swept and garnished. Then he goeth and taketh with him seven other spirits more wicked than himself. And entering in, they dwell there. And the last state of that man becomes worse than the first. When the, the house is swept clean, what's he talking about? When you get in the confessional, you cleanse your soul. The devil has to leave. Mortal sin. Mortal means death. Your soul dies. You spit on our Lord. You cast him out. I don't want you. You crucify him. And the devil comes and he takes 
takes up where our Lord was. Okay, our Lord says, so the devil has to go when you go in that confessional. But then he's going to come back to tempt you. And he finds the house clean, it infuriates him. Because he hates you. He, you can possess what he has lost for eternity. The devil hates us. Why? Because we're mere human beings. Human beings are below the nature of angels. In the Franciscan school of theology, we believe, and you don't have to believe this as a Catholic, but it makes a lot of sense. And you could even read about in The Mystical City of God, a great book by Venerable Maria of Agreta, and she talks about the fall of the angels. And we believe that our Lord showed Satan and all the angels. What the test was, was that he would take flesh of a woman, and that she would be queen of heaven and earth, queen of the angels, and that they would have to bow down to her, okay, and serve her. And that they would, he would take flesh below the nature of the angels. And they rebelled. So he hates you because you can possess what he has lost. So they come and they tempt you. And if you, God forbid, give in to mortal sin, you are going to be seven times worse off than you were before. Because he comes back with not just other demons, it says. Our Lord tells us. He comes back with seven demons more evil than himself. And you got legions. Many people are possessed in this world today. Now, our bishops, and I'm going to talk to you about this, they don't even believe in the devil anymore. Most of them don't even have exorcists in their diocese. And I'll speak about that. It's disgusting. Sick. But here we are. Our Lord's warned us. So how do we got to keep the house clean? And the mission's going to help you do that. And so getting that confession, and I'm going to end real quick. I, don't, I go on and on. But St. Alphonse says this, a good confessor has four qualities. Number one, he's a judge. He judges your sins. Mortal, venial. That's why when you go in there, you get down on your knees. The priest is sitting. He is Jesus Christ. That's who he is. Okay? Number two, the, the confessor is a teacher. He teaches you how to walk in the ways of holiness. says in the scripture, only a fool guides himself. How many fools do we have here today? I hope not many. Okay. Number three, he's a physician of the soul. And like a physician of the body, what happens? When you go to the doctor, what does he do? He diagnoses your disease. He says, this is what you have. But he doesn't just say to you, okay, you have cancer. Now go home and have a nice death. You're going to die. No, he gives you a remedy. He gives you a prescription. And the good confessor... He studies spiritual theology and everything else. And so when you go there, he's going to help you identify your prominent vice and teach you how to uproot that vice. And, and, and so that you'll rather die than ever commit that vice again. Okay? And this is important. So he'll give you remedies that you can practice throughout the rest of your life. And the next and most important is that he's a compassionate father. Like the prodigal son's father. What happened when the prodigal son, he left the house because he wanted to live a sinful life. Notice the father didn't let him stay in the house. You want to live that life, you got to go. So he went. And said, but when he came back, it says that his father every day would look for him. Always looking, where's my son? Where's my son? I want him back. He's dead. And he says when he saw his son at a distance, what did he do? He didn't sit there and say, you know what? He's going to have to humble himself and beg forgiveness. That little wretch. No. He was so filled with joy, 
he picked up his robe and he ran so he could run faster. He braced his son, put a ring on his finger, shoes on his feet, killed a fattened calf. My son that was dead is alive. And so I promise you this, that I will not ever yell at anyone in confessional with God's grace. Because a priest, a good priest, when the wicked sinner comes in, he rejoices. There's more joy in sinner over one repentant sinner than over all the just. It's a gift to extend God's mercy to souls. So I promise you, the only time St. Alphonse says that a, a, the priest has to get tough with a penitent is if he comes in there and mocks the sacrament, which unfortunately that does happen sometimes. And so, my friends, I want you to pray for this mission. I want you to pray that each and every one of you pray to the Blessed Virgin especially. This mission is consecrated to our Immaculate Heart. She is the one that crushes the head of the serpent, her and her seed. The devil will put many obstacles in your path from coming here because he doesn't want you to receive the graces that God has for you. If we were giving out a million dollars to each person that would come here, their line would be from here to New York where I come from. Okay, but we're giving you something more. We're giving you God's love, his mercy, and his grace. So pray for the mission. Pray for, my, for me, please. Pray for Father Wolf. Pray for Father Gordon that we will do God's will and be faithful to him. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost.